Hey there, folks. Somewhat abridged episode of the Uticast, episode 130. I have some sort of stomach plague, death plague from above. I don't know what it is. Not great. Took a half day because of it. TMI! Uh, TMI, it's all right. I'll survive. Uh, Kevin and Heather, I gave them uh, some time off. Kevin got stuck at work. Heather's, uh, I don't want her to get sick again. So my GFOP, Justin Parkinson from Maiden Utica is here. Justin, say hi. Hi. All right. Uh, also, GFOP Keith Redhead from Woodland Brewery returns our very good friend with a very special present of new beer for your boy. All that and more, uh, episode 130. Uh, I'll do my best to fight through the Black Plague. You know what this reminds me of? What? Do you remember our very brief stint doing that 92.7 uh, The Drive yeah. show we were doing for a while? Yeah. That's what this reminds me of. The old times. <laughs> the the like original. The actual thing. radio. Um, I told this story. I tell this story all the time. Um, and I don't know if it's really true or not, though. I always tell people that, that I got into Maiden Utica... Because you saw me sing that karaoke song <laughs> at the Valley Brook, and I sang that song from Guardians, and everyone else was outside smoking cigarettes, being bad people, yep. and you were inside trying to figure out how you could exploit me for your <laughs> true you, my, or false. you had a, a a pretty serious run as a muse for a while after that. Yeah, how long did that work out for? Yeah, you? so yeah, I uh, I'm a huge fan <laughs> of live performance music, and I yeah. value people who could do it, even at a bar. Via karaoke when no one's listening. <laughs> I was listening, and I believe in you, is what I told a, you. It was a good It was a good time. I, I'm a Did I not confused. hassle you, though, to sing Rod Stewart? Was that part of the I reason? I like Rod Stewart. I know, but well, was that, that half the reason why I stayed there so long? Is because yes. I kept heckling you to sing that Rod was, Stewart, please? That was my first inkling that you were going to be a pain in my ass going forward, because <laughs> I was like, I don't like Rod Stewart, and you started freaking out about Rod Stewart, and uh, I started giving you other songs that I would do, and you were like, no, only Rod Stewart. Full Rod. Here's my issue. It's not even that I don't like Rod Stewart necessarily. It's I don't know any Rod Stewart song well enough to even look at the lyrics and and make and be on time. What right? have you been doing with your life? I was. How into do you? How have you never? Uh, uh, I'm not you. Oh my lord! I know. Day. You always hate my music taste, which is hilarious because historically, and I'm not tooting my own horn here. Oh, stop it! I've been told by many people that I have a, a good taste in music. It's people who don't want to talk to you about music anymore. They're just like, yeah, yeah, man, you're right, and they just walk away because they're so actually <laughs> disgusted that the easiest method is just to agree with you and just move even, along. Even as I, even, <laughs> even I as choose I say, to do the other. And that's even not as good. I say that to you now, it sounds pretentious. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Everyone loves my musical taste. I've been told it all the time. Uh, folks, welcome <laughs> welcome back to the show. Uticast episode 130. Uh, a very strange episode this week. I'm in a pretense right now. Uh, first off, joining us this week again, once again, my good friend Keith Redhead from Woodland Brewery. Uh, he'll be here today, so shout out to him. Always happy yeah, to see Keith. They you. made a list. Yeah, I'm going to talk about the list with them. I have it. They're on the list. They're on the list. <laughs> the list. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. I have a. I'm gonna talk with him a little bit about that. Got some good stuff. I haven't seen Keith in a long time. Yeah. I saw him at two different like Brewers events, like in short, in short like time after another. I haven't seen him since yeah. then. So glad he's coming. He told me he's bringing me some sort of gift, wow. some sort of beer. This is gift. ridiculous because. <laughs> well, if there's multiple gifts this time, like for Heather and Kevin, they're not here because I'm sitting in. I'm collecting both. Can I tell you that I definitely regifted one of those gifts that I got? I know what you did. I know what you did. It was probably like to your mom or something. Not no, no, no. I would never do that to my mom. Only to people I don't like, <laughs> uh, who I have to buy gifts for anyway. Like, like uh, I'm not going to spend any real money on these people. Hope it's not me. Hey, uh, no, it's not. It's not. Uh, speaking of which. Uh, before we get into it, Kevin told me yesterday he went out uh, Christmas shopping. He, he went on an attempt to go Christmas shopping, and I don't want to step on his... I don't know if he's going to show up for today's show, by the way, folks, because... Uh, yeah, before I get into this, yeah. Heather's not here. I gave her the night off. I'm pretty sick. I took a half day from work. I'm catching the same cold that everybody else had, I think. Yep. Uh, Kevin is stuck at an event at work. I do not know if we're going to see him tonight. Maybe if he shows up, we'll do something extra oh, later he on. will not be happy. He no, I don't think so. A long he work seem, day. He didn't seem pleased about it, and I don't blame him. Uh, anyhow, so Justin, uh, Justin Parkinson, the man behind Maiden Utica, the infamous one, the troublemaker. Yep, I'm actually three times as busy as all of you guys, but I still decided for the holidays yeah. to make time out of my schedule. <laughs> and I appreciate it, and I do. Thank you. It's a great holiday. This is a great Christmas gift you got me. It's showing up on the show here. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. I'm done. Um, well, that was it. so. Yeah, so a bit of an abridged show today. I'm really not feeling great, uh, so I do apologize. But I don't like to cancel the shows. Yeah, I like to keep it do open. You, do you want me to get to the bottom of this cold though for you? And it's a fair warning for the holiday season. Sure, go ahead. Children. Oh yeah, no. Children you have are gross. to avoid Disgusting. children. I brought this yeah, cold terrible. into this house and dumped it on you guys because mm-hmm. of disgusting children in a party setting you got to be careful make sure you just wash your hands all the time i don't know mm. uh yeah man no i and i work around kids and let me tell you kids are disgusting and i have that purell in my room like the hand sanitizer <laughs> but i am under the belief that purell is a false flag and doesn't actually do anything touching it to get it is putting germs on it no, but I've heard that the Do you entire... wipe the top off after you wipe your hands so the next person who presses it isn't touching your germs because they am, still exist there? I am under the impression that the entire waterless sanitation gig with the Purell, anything you use, any of that cream is uh, is a scam. I don't know I don't know where I heard that, but somewhere along the way, I got in my mind, and every time I see the kids using Purell, I want to go, don't do it. You're buying <laughs> into like you're buying into big scams. It's corporate right? America. <laughs> it's corporate. It's it's corporate. government policy. Uh, yeah, but no, I, I. So I don't buy it. But yeah, be careful. Wash your hands. It's, yeah. it's this is gonna be crummy. You need like that Ron Swanson alcohol. That... I'm almost glad that this is happening before my vacation week because typically I would get sick during my week of vacation, which is coming up. Yeah, just to like mm-hmm. a kick in the pants at the end of the the year, mm-hmm. just to send you right into 2018 yeah. on a high note. <laughs> So, going forward, uh, next Monday, when we normally tape, is Christmas, and the Monday after that is New Year's Day, and although New Year's Day isn't really a holiday, so I'm sure that'll be fine. I don't know exactly know what kind of show we're going to get next you should. I'm next rallying Christmas. for a show from the Riley birthday party slash New Year's <laughs> celebration. Just interview a bunch of people completely annihilate that might be and fun. then hold them to whatever they say they're going to do in 2018. You just have it on record. Does every every like segment or article for you is like a social experiment. <laughs> it's like some some deviant social experiment. Uh, I'm glad that you've brought the present of trolling me to the show. Um, <laughs> no, so Kevin told me, at, I'll get back to what I was saying, Kevin told me uh, that he went shopping for Christmas yesterday and came back totally defeated didn't really he was overwhelmed by what was out there 
as a guy who, on my end, I was really smart this year. I'm going to say it right now. I was buying like two gifts a week, like a month and a half ago. I was I was in See, on Christmas early. And you're I'm telling your kids not to use that stuff, but then you're shopping on Amazon galore. <laughs> you hypocrite. <laughs> Can I tell you, I had a guy at work last week stop me. Uh, we were talking in the hallway. He's a friend. He's a guy. He's an older guy, security guard. And I was like, you know, his name's T. So I said, T. I was like, how's your Christmas shopping going, man? He's like, good, good. Been out shopping. I was like, yeah, man, I was, I was on Amazon. He's like, I'm not going on Amazon. And then they know where you live. And I was like, wow. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. I figured he sounded like your kind of guy. you got to be careful of those types of things. <laughs> what kind of information you want to be given out? I think at this point in time, it'd be naive for me to assume that my information isn't already out there. So anything that Amazon doesn't already know about me at this point in time. Yeah, I, I guess I'm cool with the mail and stuff. It's the dropping of it by helicopter or whatever, like the little. That's I don't I don't buy that. That's but that's gonna be too much for me. I think even the the Alexa thing. That's a that's a little too much data collecting. It's got to be right. Like have you, you s- just have to be being recorded all the time with that thing. There's a lot of articles actually I've noticed in the last few weeks that are sort of addressing this similar point of like, hey, don't buy anybody an Alexa for Christmas, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> because it's like we don't. We're buying into something we're not totally sure we're getting, right? Yeah. And again, Heather's a big proponent of it. Heather was. Uh, I just bought my dad a fire stick for Christmas. Dad, if you listen to this podcast, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he does. I don't think he knows how it works. Um, I don't. I don't. I'm not sure. I can't tell. I showed him a couple different times. <laughs> he can't totally. Fix I'm sure it. he's already forgotten. Yeah, he, is. he probably forgot I said it already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I got one of those. And um, funny story about that in a second too. Um, it's it comes with the the Alexa on it though. Like yeah. now, even the Fire Stick has oh, the voice. Lordy. Yeah, man. So it's attached to pretty much everything now, right? Um, oh yeah. So and I'll give you one last one before I let you retort. I bought this for my old man, thinking like, okay, good. I got this on Cyber Monday. It's one of the first things I got. I was like, good deal on it. And get my dad out of the way. Bing, bang, boom, real quick, right? Yep. I thought about it ever since I bought it. One of the first gifts that came in, I was thinking, about it. I was like, you know, I think I forgot something. There's something I'm forgetting. And what I realized I was forgetting is that my dad probably hasn't bought a new TV since 2002, right? So <laughs> trying to plug it into the coaxial. Yeah. <laughs> so how is things all sideways? <laughs> so so I go to his house a couple days ago under the pretense of like scoping out the TV. Yeah, you know, like hanging out. Like, hey, what's TV going on? Repair man. Haven't seen you a couple days, right? <laughs> He's in the kitchen, like uh, you know, making like sudden eat, and I'm in his, I'm in his room, through. I'm in his room, like his house, like rummaging through his TV, like come on, come on, where's the HDMI? <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, after a second sweep, because I didn't find it on the first one, I found it on the second. You sweep, had to so. go back. What did you hear? Like a rustling or like a jar no, fall because, over, and no, you because, had to like right. peace out real quick. You're like, oh, so you knock something a lamp over. On modern TVs, there are generally two places where action takes place: either on the side, yep. one side panel, or yep. in the back. Yeah. My first inkling, because my dad uh, thankfully has one of those weird old person things where the TV swivels on top of the, the, the TV table. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's an old person thing. All right. Yeah. But you have one too? No, I'm oh. just wondering. <laughs> I Only my grandparents and my dad have one, so I don't know anybody else. So you're swiveling, you had to swivel his TV twice. You couldn't figure out the <laughs> Well, the first one I went to just the side and there was nothing. And I was like, it's oh no. I blo- oh no, I'm, I'm in trouble now. Like, oh, I've got, I got myself a fire stick at least. That's kind of nice, but now I got to get something for sale. Uh, and then I was like, wait a minute, there's got to be, I didn't see anything over there. I got I to gotta go back for a second look. And lo and behold, it was on the second pass. And then, of course, he catches me, <laughs> like, behind the TV. And he's like, what are you looking for, like, the uh, the red, white, and yellow cables? 
<laughs> he doesn't know what any of them are called. He's like, yeah, the round one with the little circle in so the middle. You're certain that this fire stick is going to baffle yes. him, probably. Oh, even my God, in no. terms of plugging it, it in. Before it's even used, he's going to have quite the experience of just putting it into the back of his TV. Have right? you ever attempted to hook up technology for either old people or young people? Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. a pain. Yeah. I... The most I ended up with three printers from people in one week oh. because they got new ones, wanted me to hook it up, and then tried to give their old ones to me like I wanted them. Two of them were my parents. Printers are one of the most unreliable pieces of technology I've ever done. Like, I've never had a printer that hasn't somewhere along the line just started glitching out and doing weird you shit. You throw like Wi-Fi printing on now and have my dad want to know how to do that? And he wasn't through the phone in Virginia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, it's a process. Do you... Did you ever, at any point in time in your life, actively use fax machines? I still don't know how. Yes. Uh, <laughs> once at work, and this is good, the reason why is uh, when I worked at the ad group, we had Mennonites who are the, our clients, so they don't use the internet or yeah. certain limitations to the way they can communicate. So when an email would come in um, about their product, say hypothetically Windows, we would have to fax the question yeah. to them <laughs> for file or whatever <laughs> or like order misplacement or someone yeah. didn't get something and then uh yeah so you did everything through fax and it was a nightmare we when i was working for the insurance company we did a lot of you, you could fax stuff to people which somehow some way was the the only like immediate way to get things to people because yeah. for insurance companies there's some sort of weird you can't really send emails as an insurance company right if you work for the Hartford, you're probably not sending any Hartford emails to clients. True. Especially with, like, sensitive information like life insurance or, like, things like that. Yeah, that's probably fair. Um, so it's weird. Like, you have to do things a certain particular way. So fax, I got really familiar with fax machines then. And they're always, again, another one that I can't, I can never guarantee it's working. I'm like, I think it's working. I wonder if everything goes to, to hell, if the fax machine is, like, the sole survivor of, like, the way we're communicating <laughs> the, the to see if people are, like, still alive in California or something. It's just, like, a fax comes through. We're like, oh, man. Well, this ties into what was supposed to be the first piece of news we talked about today uh, was net neutrality. Uh, yeah. And I had planned on discussing this with Kevin and Heather, and then I planned on writing more story, but now I'm not feeling well. So I guess I'll ask you. You are a man who... You know, the founder of Made in Utica started out as a blog, mm-hmm. turned into what it is. Do you feel how how scared and annoyed are you about the net neutrality thing? Do you have any real thoughts one way or the other on it? Um, I would like to believe that it's a it should remain probably an open piece of conversation. That like I don't think we're seeing the end of it. Like this is a decision of a decision. You know, before things might get more difficult moving forward to overturn it but i hope the fight about it's not over so i'm not trying to panic yet because i still think the right thing will will prevail like is that hopeless of me like i think there's enough of a coalition um of people and you i would like to believe if it was really like a disservice to you you would just stop using the product there is a so i've noticed since uh it got repealed and again i'm i'm very much on the side that like i think it's bad for small business i think it Mm -hmm. levels I i think it takes away that level playing field like now you know there's no guarantee that like the made in utica made in utica website doesn't you know right. see less pushes than the whatever website because that website is connected to something else right yeah, i and don't need it loading slower than it does right <laughs> exactly <laughs> i know how that goes man uh so yeah and i do think there and we sort of fall in that sort of middle ground where this is probably crummy for us and, and i and i don't know necessarily if we'll get to the dystopian future that you see on the internet where it's like these are the cable packages for the internet. Although yeah. those are pretty good infographics to get people to understand what like 
that's not totally a and falsehood. See, and I was saying the other day is we're kind of living through that with our cell phones right now. Like, there are caps and uh, speed limitations on on the usage of your data. Like, you can't yeah. just be, like, hanging out downtown watching a movie off your cell phone, like, for 24 hours. Like, they'll slow it down or they'll yeah. charge you for it. You know what I mean? Right. <coughs> I just, I guess it's a really, I don't love the optics of giving the telecom companies all this power, right? Like, it yeah. always comes back to, like, I just don't feel comfortable with letting Verizon and Comcast say, no, trust what's, us, we're going to be, we're going to do this the right about way. Just communication in general is like I went to you know for broadcasting stuff like even just AT and T the games that they continue to jump in over the years like they they were in on telephone and you know what I mean like uh, that them as a company go back where they've continued to evolve too like right. they're not going away they're just kind of adapting to to their tech like they just bought Direct TV and stuff like they're yeah. getting into different games. Um, and that's kind of, like, the thing is, like, you've been paying a company like that for 100 years, and probably your grandfather was, too, for, you know what I mean? Right. Like, they're just, I don't know how much think... it actually affects you in terms of just, like, an unfairness. I have to see it hit me every day and be like, oh, okay. I can't tell if I'm being cynical. Do you think that, to a certain extent, like, the the Googles and Amazons and, like, the new money internet companies of the world are in a good place because of this is going to happen? Because it sort of locks them in as top-level like, like, I don't yeah. know, because where's the next well, Google probably, or Amazon coming from with the new net neutrality rules, are, right? Well, how do you use Amazon and how do you use Google if you don't have an internet connection? You know right, what I mean? Like, yeah. So but they, what are you using the internet for if you're not using Amazon or Google? Right, that's what I'm saying, <laughs> right. but, like, they actually don't exist in any type of, like... You know, yeah. you severed the internet to them. What good is Amazon to you? Like, your Christmas sh- shopping's not being done. You know what I mean? Like, if just the internet didn't exist. This is going to be an interesting time, because I do think that for a long time, and I do think currently, we're still sort of in the Wild West of what the internet is going to become. We yep. don't think about... I talk about all the time in the goddamn show. Time span. Yeah. We don't think about how long we've had the internet in comparison to how long we've been around as even just the United States. Yep. Right? We are very slow to adjust to these new technologies on almost every asset of our lives, right? And the one that's the most pervasive, we've dumped everything into the internet. We've yep. dumped the way people do business, the way people do banking, shopping, uh, socializing, entertainment. Everything got pushed online, yep. and we never really defined what the internet is and, <laughs> and who it belongs to. And that's why I think it's hard now. Like it's almost, I th- That's why I think it's almost too late to be like, no, no, the telecom companies are. Right. It's like, no, no. What about all the stuff that's been here beforehand? That's like the flags planted, right? For that, that's the part that I feel like well, is hard to get past. That's even with the made in Utica stuff, because we've been saying for three years, like the money's in the internet. Like everything else you're doing is backwards, and where you're putting your stuff to like reach people and do all these things. Like everything's going to the internet, and the problem with with probably these bigger companies like this is it tends to be a little bit more reactionary. Uh, to restring a hold of market that's gotten out of control. It's kind of an unruly rebellion. Like, you're not buying cable anymore. Like, I was saying this the other day to Cliff with, if each person who doesn't have cable was actually paying, on average, 10 to $20 towards a cable bill, we probably aren't facing internet restrictions yeah. because the money's coming from somewhere else. They don't need to worry about it. You know what I mean? So, so let me throw this at you. This is from a, a Ringer article uh, earlier this week called Secret Savior of Net Neutrality? Question mark. Uh, and it talks about how in 2016, there's this guy, uh, Garfield is his name, and he was from Fort Co- uh, Collins, Colorado, Colin Garfield. Uh, and he was sort of 
going forward with like a potential solution to internet woes, like municipal broadband networks, like local broadband networks. Because in general, like we're talking about how everything's connected right. to the internet now. You almost sort of have to have some sort of infrastructure in place for people to access the internet if everything is going to be done that way, yep. right? I don't know. I, I, There's a pretty good article. I'm not going to well, dig through the whole thing of it, but it's I a pretty interesting almost, concept. I've been like kind of an advocate of that concept too, is that like if, if you offer a free internet and it does say come with limitations like your inter- your information's collected or you have x amount of speed on it or you can only do this and that mm. even just offering it to people is good enough that people would use that and maybe sacrifice some of those things but mm. it's a pretty dicey situation i don't know if i want to be using the internet on my cities like mm. where they just have access to it i would i mean a corporation corporation but at least it's a little bit protected i don't know uh this is normally a segment i save for kevin but again Bit of a different show here today. So I will do Kevin Responds myself this week as Sam Responds. Uh, you all know how much we love our our beloved Congresswoman Claudia Tinney here. She agrees with the FCC's decision to undo net neutrality because, of course, she does. Uh, this ties into something that happened to me last week that got me very annoyed. Uh, I was on the Internet, enjoying the Internet. I don't know how it ties around this way, isn't it? No further questions. Uh, no further questions. Uh, enjoying the Internet. And I caught a commercial... An ad for Claudia Tenney starring Jim and Lindsay Pratt, whoever they are. Hmm. Jim and Lindsay. And it gave a phone number that said 607-723-3581. That's the phone number. And it said if you want to call and thank Claudia Tenney for the tax cuts that she voted for, for the... For the you big, could, could give her a ring. You can give her a ring. That's a real... That's a real message that showed up while I was on the internet and pissed me off while I was drinking coffee last week. So... If you'd like to call 607-723-3581 and tell Claudia Tinney what you think about her decision to uh, undo net Here's neutrality. a better question. Can you fax it to her? <laughs> yeah, yeah, can you? Was there a fax line on that commercial? Is there a, a separate number I can fax my complaint to? Or I bet you, I don't know. I bet you if you call this number, it's a fax signal. I'm going to call it and then ask them for the fax number and then fax them my uh, response. Uh, and that was Kevin Responds featuring me as Kevin. Uh, all right, that's hey, that's twenty minutes. What do you know? All right, let's uh, let's take a break from all that excitement and get into this week's uh, interview with a uh, very good friend. Go back a really long time. I got to look up what episode it is before he gets here. But God, Keith and the and the uh, original like teens, yeah, in the early teens, and then we did the video yep. with you and I. I yep. on MadeInUtica.com, yep. I think. Yeah, uh, at Woodland for the uh, when we had Maiden Brutica. Cascale. Oh, yeah. Cascale. Cascale Fest. Yeah, yeah, yep. yep. that was good. Yep. Yeah, so, you know, Keith is no stranger to the show. Uh, it's been a while. Yeah, they're we... down at the movies all the time, too. So, oh, yeah. like, yeah, it's... Yeah. Great oh, friends. Yeah. Great friends of the show. Great friends of Maiden Utica. We'll be back in just a moment with Keith Redhead. Once the red line starts moving, uh, the show is officially on. 
so yeah, man, welcome back. This is the first time you've been in the studio. I think you were actually one of the first places, guys, we went to you to record oh, yeah. in... On the scene. On the scene, yeah, and on the scene recording. Um, yeah, so that was, uh, that was an interesting challenge. And that was back in the early days of the show when I was very nervous. Didn't know what I was doing yet. That was also the early days of Woodland Brewery, yeah, where we you were, were probably uh, a little nervous. We were still fresh. <laughs> still fresh. Is it really... So I was trying to... So I figured this out. It's 97 episodes. Mm-hmm. You were on episode 33. We're on episode 130. It's 97 episodes in between. That's uh, going on two years, so I'm going to assume it's been a full two years now? Yeah, it, uh, it's been two years since I brewed our first batch last week actually ah. we'll be open two years on january 8th ah. so i'll be open close i'll be open 32 years on january 10th ah, so there you go nice uh but keith redhead it is a pleasure to have you well, thanks for having studio. me back no it's, i i don't know why it took so long um probably just because i am the worst at doing my job oh, no <laughs> but this does uh now there is we did actually do a video. There's a Made in Utica video. I was talking to Justin Parkinson about this. There is a Made in Utica video that exists of us doing oh, yeah, something. We did, a, we did a live. During the Cascale. F- yeah, we yeah, did a live yeah. video chat. Which I was underprepared for. I very rarely get put on the spot for like a live <laughs> video stuff like that. Uh, but that was that doesn't really count. This is technically your second time on the podcast. Yeah, right on. Which now officially makes you a member of the Uticast Two Timers Club. So congratulations. Oh, thank this you so much. Hot put it up in my office. This <laughs> small Hot Wheels trophy <laughs> is for you. Congratulations. Thanks. This is a very uh, what do you call um, exclusive list. Very few people. Nice. Some of them are on there. So you guys can really? have something in common. Awesome. You know who's not? I'll have to there. let them know. <laughs> uh, I have a feeling I know who might not be on there. Uh, so, I gotta ask you before we get into any uh any of this uh, talking points I want to talk to you about. Because you guys did just win a lot of wonderful awards at the uh, at the Brewers Awards 2017. Yeah. And we're going to get into that. Congratulations. Thank you. But I got to ask, we are, we're one week away from our Christmas episode. We are six shopping days or so left. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you celebrate the holiday or not. Of course, yeah. Okay, you're at Christmas. Okay, well, I don't know. I mean, I it's not ask. as good as Halloween, but it's, it's, it's up there. It's, it's true. It's up there as far as holidays. I like the spectacle of Christmas. Oh, for sure. But... It's definitely the most stressful in terms of me having to prep for it. Right. Like Halloween, I usually slap it together last minute. Thank, same with Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. This Christmas, I had to like pace it out. I was doing Christmas shopping in November this year. I was. I had to. I. I, I think I just finished today. You just finished so. today. Amazon. No. It's good for that. It <laughs> saved my life nine, so many times. Ninety-five percent of my shopping this year was Amazon. Let me ask you a question, sir. Sure. You just finished today. You're saying pretty much. You haven't wrapped anything yet. All that. Kind I haven't of wrapped thing. a single thing. Now that you've finished shopping, for the most part, you have everything on the way, do you feel more, like, excitement for the holiday, or are you still stressed out for it? No, I, I don't, I wouldn't say I ever get stressed about yeah. it. I, like, I love the lights, the snow, yeah, everything, yeah. like, as soon as Thanksgiving came around, mm. I started popping on Michael Buble and Mariah Carey <laughs> oh. Christmas albums, like, so I, I'm all about it, like, so I'm excited. Christmas is fun. Oh, yeah, no, I dig, you know, my family always goes in pretty deep for Christmas. Mm. We, when I was a younger man, before my parents got divorced, and the Italian side and the Syrian side would come together at our house for the Christmas parties, it was always very wild. I remember lots of crazy evenings. Oh, boy. I still, oh, no, it's good, yeah. I in a nice way, I still have, like, <laughs> nostalgic feelings for it. Uh... Keith, though, let's, uh, let's back up a little bit. All right. Because uh, it's been such a long time since you've been on the show, and I haven't listened to an episode uh, from back in the 30s in a long time. I can only imagine that our listeners now probably haven't listened to those episodes in a long time sure. either. So I'm going to conduct the standard 
long-time interview. We're going to go a little bit back into your past. We're going to talk a little bit about you. Yeah, we're going to dig deep. Uh, So, Keith, where were you born and raised? Uh, I was actually born in Illinois, Rantoul, Illinois, on an Air Force base. Really? Nice. We moved. My dad was in the Air Force, obviously. We moved to Rome when I was, like, four. So I more or less grew up So Rome, like, in in your formative years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember anything about Illinois other than, Mm. you know. Very nice. So you were a Rome guy. You went to uh, Rome Central School, like uh, Rome Free Academy. Rome Free Academy. Graduated in two thousand three. Two thousand three. So you're right in my age range. Now this is always yeah. A we're question. young. We're right very in young. Yeah, very young men. Still, we have our whole lives ahead of us. Mm-hmm. Um, now I have to ask. I was a Proctor guy, class of '04. You're, uh, you know, you're an RFA guy, class of '03. Um, I gotta say, we would technically be rivals, would we not? Like, but theoretically. We could put that in the past, We right? could put it in mean... the past. I was just curious, <laughs> because I, well, I always ask people, like, when they come on the show, like, because the Proctor one is an easy one for me, because we used to get the Proctor stereotype, right. like, oh, Proctor kids, right? What, are they gonna rob us after the game, right? Like, I used to get that one a lot. Did you ever notice, that, was there, like, a Rome stereotype that you guys used to get hit with know. as well? Is Did there you... one? I never, well, I don't know. we were, no, I'm not gonna say what we thought. <laughs> we were, we were jerks. No, I was wondering, because I always felt like, our sort of reputation for being like a problem school was ill reputed, and I think as I get older and I spent time at RFA as mm-hmm. like an adult, I was like, I don't, I don't know why I was so angry. <laughs> like I don't know why I was so that like rivalry. rivalry was there for you guys. Did you like growing up RFA? Did you enjoy school up there? Uh, I wouldn't say I ever enjoyed school. I Not was really. I mean, I was kind of a rebel. I I did well in school, but I I'd rather go to punk shows and see. I was. I was you know, about sixteen. I kind of, I tried my best to fly under the radar and oh, yeah, yeah, avoid yeah. people. And I know, I get avoid that. So you were a punker. Shit. I'm into that. For yeah. sure. Who was your punk band of choice? Uh shoot! I listened to all sorts of stuff. I was actually in a couple of punk bands in, in high school. We just just did balls out, noisy stuff. See, that's the reason I asked because when I was growing up, I would tell people that I was in a punk band. Mm-hmm. My punk band sounded like Blink One Eighty Two. Oh, and yeah. when people say punk, there's a big, there's a huge range distance. There. So I was trying to figure out if you're like a Fugazi kind of punk guy or like a Minuteman style punk uh, guy or like a... More like raw, just... We're influenced by... I don't know if I could, I probably can't even say the name of the band. <laughs> oh, one um, of those kind of... All right, okay. Like just really disgusting, loud, like thrash noisy. punk. Like crust punk. Yeah. Right, I'm into that. Yeah, something okay. like that. We'll talk about that after. All right, that's fine. That's okay. Uh, and then after RFA, you went to college in Oswego? I did. Research. And yep. you went for education? Yeah, I have a, a bachelor's in adolescent education in history. I have a master's in special education as well. I am currently in the, I have a bachelor's in history, mm-hmm. and I'm in the process of getting my master's for adolescent education. There you go. So you've been on the road that I'm traveling on. So. It's a good road. Did you enjoy, well, you did some teaching before you got into the brewing thing initially. Yeah, you taught, I taught uh, nine years or so, and I, I loved every second of oh, it. Oh, yeah. Well, I think it's funny, because I grew up, did you like grow up with teaching in your family at all or anything? No, not at all. How did you My mom was in? a housewife, my dad was in the Air Force and a firefighter, yeah. but... How did you fall into like teaching as something you thought you wanted to do at the time? I think because I because I hated school, I wanted to like yeah, no, help a kid not hate it as much as I did, you know. And you know, um, and that's actually really refreshing because that is a mentality that I feel like a lot of my kids have. Like they're right. smart kids, but they just what you're learning and the way it's taught to you mm-hmm. and the process is very alienating for them sure. Sometimes. Yeah, you need connection, and if there's no connection, and you, it kind of ruins it for for a kid. And I think that's like something I try and do. With my, you know, and I'm I'm still like sort of new to the game. Something you try and do is you got to find some sort of commonality. It's tough because kids today are very different than yeah, like, absolutely. Even what I remember being a kid to be like, and I'm not that much older than these kids. Well, well they think you are. They th- they yeah. think we are right, and that's the <laughs> and that's sort of the curse of like getting older. You right. learn more, but no one wants to hear what you have. exactly. 
Who is this old fart trying yeah, to tell me how to live my life? Yeah, I just want to watch YouTube. <laughs> uh, yeah, God, YouTube is probably the bane of my existence. Well, they're all going to be YouTube stars someday and make millions off of it. That's, I know, they keep telling me that. They are. Maybe and I, I should. And they're going to program video games. Did we make this mistake? Or should we have gotten into the YouTube? I don't know why we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that with Bitcoin is happening right yeah, now. Like everything, It's blowing up. Well, everything blows up with Bitcoin. I'm like, man, I heard people talking about Bitcoin like two years ago. And I was like, ah, Bitcoin. Ah, this never is gonna, never going to land, never going to yeah, do yeah. anything with it. Well, I, even now, I have a hard time understanding what a Bitcoin mm. really means or where it comes from. Like, I've tried to look it up. Like, now that it's, like, sort of mainstream now right. that people are talking about it, I'm like, I can learn about this. And I'm like, no, I don't. This is all... There's a lot to it. No. <laughs> I've, I've tried looking into it. It's mind-blowing. So let me get let's get past the teaching in Bitcoin right. since we're we're getting off track a little bit here. Two years ago, Woodland Brewer, were you still sort of doing the teaching thing when you guys decided? Yeah, when we uh, when we opened, I was still teaching full time, um, and I would brew on the weekends. So pretty much from September to June, <laughs> I was working seven days a week. It was now, it was nonstop. And I guess kind of why I want to ask, like two years in, knowing what you know now, could it ever have been possible for you to do both? Oh God, no! <laughs> I was, I'm always curious about that. I was like, he must—he's got to know it after a certain point in time. When I when I talked to my superintendent about resigning, he he tried convincing me. I was like, you're doing great. You're doing great. You can keep this up. <laughs> and I, I looked at him I'm like, I appreciate that you think I'm doing great, but I'm I'm like dead inside. I'm tired. Like I don't think I can keep doing this. I've had like so many grad school discussions about that with like my teachers. Like, what do you guys do? What do you do for fun? I'm like nothing. <laughs> Absolutely, there's no time. I try to sleep. I sleep sometimes, <laughs> and occasionally I will wake up and eat food. But yeah. sometimes that's about if I have crawl food. out of bed. Yeah, uh, but yeah, you know, it, obviously it's been going really well for you guys. Uh, matter of fact, like we were saying, you guys just won the Reader's Choice Award for Best Brewery uh, 2017, Upstate New York. That's yeah, congratulations. We're definitely pumped on that. Uh, you also won a couple other things. You had uh, Best Overall Beer, uh, Most Creative Beer for your Son of a Birch Beer. So. And this is all voted on, right? This is the way this all works? Like uh, are... We were voted on to get the reader's choice, mm-hmm. and then the judges went to the six finalist breweries, mm-hmm. and they made those decisions for, like, best beer, um, mm-hmm. the most creative, and the other one was uh, we had the best barrel-aged beer. Yeah. Which, to me, that that's all that I was looking for. Yes. You know, overall beer, to get that win is, mm-hmm. uh, it says a lot. So and I'm you... definitely honored. Oh, and you, your your, uh, your title, I think, uh, your co-owner, brewer, like this is your baby to make sure that this is what oh, you yeah. like. This is this means a lot to you it specifically, does. right? Like it, it's humbling yeah. um, to get that kind of accolade. Well, I gotta say, uh, what I find interesting about it is, especially with this Reader's Choice Award, right? This means that people actually had to get in there and and vote for you Mm. guys on their own merit. And I think that sort of speaks to, like, the sort of loyal support I've noticed that you guys have garnered in your two years. And I think that's probably a big part of your success has been this sort of really fervent, loyal support. And I don't know if you can speak to what it's been like since you've opened it all. Yeah, from day one, the support we've gotten from locals, craft beer people, um, and and newbies that were just getting Mm. into beer looking for a new spot to hang out. It's it's been overwhelming. Without that support, we obviously wouldn't be two years in right now. Mm. So, what's uh? And I see as you came over here, which you, I really appreciate, you brought me some delicious looking cans of beverage. You have to drink them when you're feeling a little bit better. I know I probably <laughs> wear me down, but I was sort of asking, like I and I'm I have to admit I'm a little out of the loop. Grad school has kept me away from most social life. Yeah, <laughs> but, that'll do it. Yeah, <laughs> have you thought about sort of doing a more like bottling can going forward? Uh, Make, I know it's probably a big endeavor to add on to is. what you guys do. I'm sure that's a lot. You know what I mean? With a our kind of goal is to keep most of most of our stuff in house. Right. 
getting into distribution is tough. You've got a lot more competition. You're going to be trying to compete for shelf space and tap space with other Mm -hmm. breweries that are already established. It's not a game I, I have the energy to get into. Well, I was always right curious because, like, as the layman, like, I think to myself, like, it'd be nice to be able to like can and bottle mm-hmm. like a certain small amount for yourself. But like, I don't think that's how that works. Like, if you right. want to make anything off of like bottling, can you have to do it in such a large scale that it's probably almost like a whole separate? Right. Uh, yeah, I've been. Yeah, it's, there's a lot to it, mm. and then finding the the sources and and ways to get mm. into distribution with that much. It's well, two years in, though, you're at the location that's 6,000 into uh, Trenton Road up in Marcy. Uh, what are you sort of feeling going forward for the next two years and into the future? Do you have any thoughts about what you'd like to do? Maybe multiple locations, expansions, any sort of things like that? Yeah, I mean, certainly uh, maintaining is, is important. Well, that's um, yeah, of course. That, I mean, sometimes slow growth is, is better than uh, trying to expand too much. I see a lot of breweries. Well, you da- they're doing dangerous. well a couple of years in, and then they... <laughs> They think, oh, it's this is going great. We've got this tap room. Why don't we uh, expand and get a bottling line? And then well, it's that, always that gets kind of hairy too for people. Well, it's kind of a weird analogy, but I was just talking about this with uh, with Justin. Uh, talk about ESPN, mm-hmm. right? Like I was, I loved ESPN growing up, and for a long time when ESPN was like the big sports, the only place to go yeah. for like sports, they like doubled down on like personalities and like buying sports and buying TV rights, and then sort of like. They spent all this money, invested all these things, and then all of a sudden, the people stopped watching sports on TV, right? And then, yeah. yeah, and now so it's what? like it's sort of dangerous sometimes to like, oh well, it's going one direction. Let's do something. Mm-hmm. Let's do something really crazy, right? And then maybe we don't always know if it's going in the right direction. Right. Now we've got a huge investment. So I think that like this idea of like steady growth is probably a more like feasible long term idea, yeah, right? And especially as I'm all in. Yeah, yeah. This is this is now my livelihood. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to end up on the streets, so I think keeping it safe is uh, too our handsome. best bet. And too handsome for the streets, Keith. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> but uh, eventually, we'd like to get in into having our own kitchen and, mm. and things like that. Um, we we work with food trucks closely yeah, I've to, seen, I've said that to help us out, but eventually it's something we'd like to consider we Ooh, is a lovely just location. need the space for it. Yeah. Well, you guys have a great location up there, and that's sort of, I'm sure that's probably a challenge, too, like keeping the space, you know, mm-hmm. in the way that it's been, where people have been so comfortable there, while, you know, expanding it just enough to get more in there and right. expand it out for who's there. Um, so, excellent, man. Uh, I got a question for you. You are the brewing master, I guess. The brewmaster, is that your yeah, official would, title? Master that. brewer? Yeah. You like that? You call me that. You know... You guys won the awards, uh, most you know, best overall beer, uh, most creative beer. What do you do to keep your edge, man? Like, where do you, I'm so curious, like, where your inspiration comes from? Because I think about like I grew up as like a songwriter, and it's always hard to sort of describe like how how do you write a song, where mm-hmm. do you start? But like, especially with like food and taste and beverages, like, do you just notice things everywhere? Do you have to like remember things? Do you have a notebook? <laughs> I, uh, I, I think I just file stuff in my brain. It's a crazy chaotic mm-hmm. place, but I mean, using the music analogy. A lot of a lot of my like recipes that I come up with are, let's. If you're a musician, you've got you've got your one song, right. and every time you play it live, mm. it's never the same. I mean, sure. if, if you're Jimi Hendrix, your guitar solo is different every time you yeah, improvise. It different, you, yeah. Wherever you how you're feeling at the moment, that's mm. going to play into that song. Sure. So I think recipes a lot of times are like that too. Mm. And this I probably sound like I'm so full of shit right now. No, but, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Any but time. recipes a lot of times are like that too. Like I have my song. Yeah. And you know I. Depending on the mood, depending on, on what I'm feeling, mm. I'm going to tweak that recipe. I don't typically repeat too many recipes, but mm. 
a lot of times when I, let's say I come up with a new IPA, it might be based off of a few different IPA recipes that I've done before and take the parts that I like. And Well, that's an interesting analogy too if you stay with the music thing because I think, you know, you can have a signature style but not every song sounds the same. There's, a, there's like a fine line. It's like, I don't want all these things to be exactly the same but I do want them to portray my craftsmanship right. in each of yeah, the things. Absolutely. And I think that there's a fine line you have to walk with that. And again, you've obviously done a great job. Every Everything you guys bring to all our Franklin Square stuff is always great and everything I ever had oh, up there. Yeah, you guys have been real big supporters of that. I appreciate you guys always seeing you guys down I mean, in Franklin Square. They're a blast. I think uh, everything you guys do at Made in Utica ah. to, to build build community and build business and, and art in the areas. You know, it's it funny. makes Utica an awesome place. Well, thank you. Uh, I always say it. I'll say it again. It's the perfect city sometimes to do the sort of things we do. Mm -hmm. um, it's just big enough where there's tons and tons of cool people doing cool things all the time, and it's just small enough where you could actually reach out and talk to them. Yeah. And it's not super intimidating. Uh, so i got to ask you, uh, before we get into our lightning round questions, uh, before you were a man brewing beers of your own, mm -hmm. what was your first beer of memory growing up? Uh, the first... See, I was... I didn't drink until I was like 19, mm. so I didn't get into the, the hard stuff um, in the high school. Sure, sure. I was actually straight edge, like straight super, edge, yes. super opposed to drinking mm. um, until one summer night I got into some Labatt Blue with, with some friends. Labatt that was like my Blue. first beer. Um, I don't think I've touched it in 10 <laughs> years at least, but my, my first like real love was actually Saranac Black Forest. Like, Black Forest. Uh, I remember I, when in Oswego, we'd bring our friend who was 21 to price shopper oh yeah and we'd always like we'd scope out the beer you know it, I, we made it a point to try every single oh, beer yeah. that we could and black forest was my first love it, it kind of opened me up to the idea that you know beer can have actually have flavor and dark beer is even better than light beer in my opinion so one of my great joys i'm, I'm with you on that by the way i've I've never been a huge drinker mm -hmm. since, well, since I stopped drinking at an early age. I was drinking too much for a while, right. and I was like, I'm going to cut back. And as I get older and I get back into beers, and mostly just beers and scotch is pretty much all I've ever gotten into mm -hmm. in the last few years, but I, I sort of fall into that, like, stouts and porter style. I want something a little more character that I'm not going to drink, like, 12 right. of, right? Like, not that I won't drink 12 of something if I have to, but, you know I mean? I've always preferred something a little more character and a little more flavor. And I, yeah. That's what I love when you guys do, like, those. I love your porters and stuff. Like, that's to me, name. like, if I could only brew dark beer, I yeah. would. But, unfortunately, I think I'd only have 25% of our regulars in all the time. <laughs> so, dark beer, to me, I, I agree completely. It's, it's It's got complexity to it. Oh, yeah. You know, there's, there's layers of flavor and... I think my first one, though, unfortunately, was not a dark beer. It was definitely a Keystone Ice. Yeah, that was a rough one. It was a different time. <laughs> Did you ever, I don't know if you're like, my old man actually growing up had a fridge in the garage for just beer and soda. All right. Like, I don't, I don't know if that was like a common thing. He always had like the extra fridge in the garage. It was always full of like Matt's beer and like Schlitz. <laughs> now, we, uh, growing up, I, I, only ever we saw like wine coolers in our fridge. Like my parents would drink when they went camping. My mom would drink, the and wine it was coolers. just like wine coolers. My yeah. dad would drink schnapps, and that was that was literally it. Even to this day, my mom is very lightweight. She might actually listen to this. Sorry, mom, if you think uh -oh. I'm making fun of you, but no, we even, love you, mom. If I give my mom, if my mom has two glasses of wine, she's ready to like play board games the rest of the night, <laughs> and then she'll fall asleep. <laughs> right. Um, the website is woodlandbrewery.woodlandbeer.com, uh, woodlandbeer.com, and that's also the Twitter handle. Yeah, woodlandbeer. Um, Facebook same, woodlandbeer. Instagram, all that. Yeah. Keith, I do want to thank you for coming in today. I know it's uh, I know it's getting close to the holidays. I know you guys are ramping up, and again, I'm sure you're probably getting a lot of people want to talk to you about Breast Brewery. You know, 
big shot taking your two times. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, Keith, are you ready for some lightning round questions yeah, let's before do it. we close up here today? Uh, we will start with the same questions we ask everybody who's been on the last 60 to 70, or I don't remember how many episodes now. Keith, when you wake up in the morning, how do you take your coffee? Uh, it's black. Black. If you it's always... not black, it's bourbon cream. If I'm working from bourbon home, cream, yeah. I've got sweatpants on and I'm not leaving. <laughs> There's a splash of bourbon cream. Were you always a black coffee person? Because I... I this is the question I've sort of followed people up with because I feel like if you started with black coffee, that's it forever. But like, it's hard to sort of transition to black coffee if you started with cream uh, and sugar. No, I, I think I've always taken it black. Yeah. To me, it's like stouts and porters. You, stouts and you porters. want I lo- you want those dark roasted flavors. That so. nuance. Yeah. I like it. See, makes sense. Checks out. All right. Uh, what was your first automobile? Ford Taurus. Oh, what year? It was uh, ninety-seven. Ninety-seven. It's mm-hmm. green. Um, it was beautiful. I loved that thing. It, it was a beast. I don't think I ever got an oil change in it. Uh, drove it for years, and it, it, I probably could still have it today. That thing I, was a, a monster. This is the first. I have a Honda Accord now. Mm-hmm. This is the first non-American car I've ever had. And I'm not like, I don't care one or the other. It doesn't right. make a difference. But it drives, the year, right? it drives. Yeah. As long as it drives, it drives. But for years, my big argument with like having the Fords and having the Tauruses was like, oh, the parts are super cheap. But then I realized once I got this car, I was like, well, they're super cheap, but I was getting them fixed like twice as much. Yeah, never have to get your car fixed. Never now. get my car fixed anymore. Uh, so you may or may not have taken your Ford Taurus, your 97 Ford Taurus, to see it. What was your first live music event? Uh, growing up, we always went to like Christian rock concerts. But my, mm. my first actual show that I went to um, on my own was. Uh, a hate breed show in hate breed. 2001. Yes. Great t shirts. So, yeah. always had great t shirts <laughs> in <did>. high school. <laughs> they always had some like intense thing about pride and honor. And, yes. Yeah. Very intense. Some like fist pumping. <laughs> uh, give me one book, album, movie, or, te- or television show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching. Um, for the last few months, I've not been able to stop listening to uh, the new album from The War on Drugs. Oh, dude, I've heard so much good stuff it's about so it. so good. Yeah. I, it's on constant rotation. You know, I have, like, an old album of theirs, and mm-hmm. I remember just being like, yeah, this is okay. And then every, like, sort of, like, best of 2017 review list I've been reading has had it somewhere in, like, the top 15. I'm like, huh, maybe I'm, I must be missing something Oh, yeah, you got to check it out. Yeah. The new stuff is so good. Mm. I still got, I got caught, I downloaded a bunch of stuff last week, but well, before all the net neutrality went through, and I'm afraid I can't download anything ever again. Fuck that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I was listening to that new St. Vincent album, which is pretty good. There's a lot of actually good music that came out this year. Even mm-hmm. the new Jay-Z album is pretty good, which I had given up on Jay-Z putting out a good album. I'll have to check it out. After, listen, I grew up listening to like Jay-Z, right. uh, that's the Proctor in me, like it was on the Blueprint, and listening to like the Black Album, and after the Black Album, like every album after that, I'm like, this is... He's done. He's too old. He can't. He's like, he's like, oh, I'm. He's gonna rap about. It. Like, I got so much money, and I'm married right. to Beyonce. Like, cool. My life is so yeah, easy my, right my, now. Yeah, my life is great. <laughs> uh, and this is like the first album in a long time I've listened to him. I was like, oh, oh, this is interesting. So yeah, this been a good year for music. It's actually like a good year for music and movies, and no one talks about it. Right. Low key. I agree. Uh, all right. Uh, I'm gonna rephrase my dinner question into a question about drinks. If you could yeah. sit down and have drinks with anyone. Living or dead, who is not your relative? Who would it be, uh, and why? Dead. Living or dead, not your relative. Um, I've got a. Uh, I'd, ha- I'd have to say Alan Sprints. He's probably hmm. my favorite brewer. He's from hmm. uh, Hair the Dog Brewing in Portland. Nice. I uh, I love his beers. They 
going along the lines of like dark beer almost like mm. he's a he's got a unique style mm. everything's intense high nice. alcohol but layered complexity mm. um so i'd like to have a beer with him and nice shoot the shit do you how much do you like read up and how much like research do you do like into beer like are you I do reading a lot of reading i'm stuff? constantly reading yeah. if i'm not if i'm not a brewing if i'm not busy i'm sitting either on my phone reading articles and books and all sorts of always always trying to figure out something new to do and Keith, besides obviously uh, your love and passion uh, for brewing, uh, for community, for history, for teaching, give me one more thing that you, Keith Redhead, are passionate about. Uh, my family. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a awesome fiance, two yeah. stepdaughters, and I'm actually we're actually having Ready. a baby in Jean. Oh, so congratulations! That's, uh, that's taking priority in my life right now. Let me know. So I don't. I don't have any kids, so I certainly don't know. Um, how do you feel? Do you feel like, it, has it changed your perspective to sort of have, like, these thoughts about, like, having people that are more important than you? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's nothing that I ever would have, yeah. would have ever thought would happen in my life. Like, yeah. it, it definitely changes everything. Like, yeah. it's, I don't know. No, I don't it's, even I, know how to explain it. It's yeah. prioritizing people for yeah. yourself. I mean, I think that's something that you get with age. Right, but uh, like in my when I was twenty, yeah, it was me. Like but I was number one, you know. And you know, I'm I'm in my thirties, and I'm you know I'm relatively like single, and I don't have any kids that I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. At least I haven't come asking for money or anything yet. And uh, you know, I, I I sometimes wonder if like it took me longer to get to a place where I cared about other people, sure, because I never had to for a long time. I was like I'm just watching out for myself, like at the end of the day, and I'm I wonder if I missed something in my development. It's like maybe that's why I'm. I feel like Larry David all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Keith, I want to thank you so much for joining us. It is a real pleasure. Thank you. Uh, best wishes and success going forward. Uh, I'd really like that Sabres t-shirt. I didn't get a chance to tell you before we got to the on. It's a great t-shirt. It's a great t-shirt, lousy team. Ah. But <laughs> we'll get there someday. Folks, we'll be back to the show in just a moment. Sure, I love it. Um, so during like a pageant, a young kid picked up the baby Jesus and started like walking away with it and <laughs> carrying it around. <laughs> if you're in the crowd, do you scream in horror? Do you stop the kid like frantically, or do you nonchalantly just kind of like what do you do? Uh, D, I let it play out. Yeah. I see what goes. I'm I'm curious now. See, what I'm this... I'm the wrong guy to ask this question to because I'm not particularly uh, pious. Well, what or... is this supposed to be your response? You can't cheer for like this this kid to. That would be hilarious, wouldn't it? Just me, just alone in there. Like, yeah, go, go, go. kid. Yeah, you just burn. I right think in, your if, seat. in that scenario, I would bust into the Heisman pose with the baby Jesus. Well, man. I'm, I'm, again, I'm very, and that was talking Christmas. Yes. Sam and Justin. Uh, <laughs> just curious. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, I guess I let it play out and see what goes on. It's a little kid. You can't do. How old is he? I think like four or five. Oh, it's like a little kindergarten pageant. Whatever, it's all right. Look, you don't know any better. It's kind of cute. It's funny on the video later on. You laugh. They probably it. mass produced those baby Jesuses too, right? Like that one's not from like the manger. You think there's like one guy, like one person who makes all the manger scenes? Be smart. Like big manger. Be smart. Can <laughs> we get in on that? You have never. We've never done history lessons before, so this is going to be really, uh, really weird. Uh, but we'll try it. I feel like we won't go very long with this.
uh, on this day, December 18th, 1620, the Mayflower docks at Plymouth Harbor. Uh, passengers begin their new settlement, the Plymouth Colony. You're a big fan of the colonies. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Uh, and, and not... Um... I went on a little thing about Thanksgiving, of course, uh, <laughs> briefly about like the whole concept of it. Like, it's good, and I don't know. This that, those things that far back, and just to the narrative of where things are today is so skewed and changed to what might have actually happened in its importance is probably lost on the grammar scheme of our grander scheme of what it did just to kind of explode a population and like group of people. Really, a lot of my uh, students are doing projects on the colonies right now, right? Um, and it's funny because the, the way they break it down is they do it like in you you pick a colony, but each colony is a section of the different colonies, like the New England colonies yep. and the middle colonies and the southern colonies. Jamestown all the way. Yeah, yeah James. Yeah, like, <laughs> a lot of kids pick New York obviously because yeah, yeah, we're yeah. in the New York colony, and those are the middle colonies. It's pretty funny for me as a history professor to go back and look at teacher professor uh, to look back at all these uh, like graphs, and it's pretty funny the way they like just simpl- simplify all this stuff. It's like you can call yourself professor when you like convert them evil evilly, like when you're evilly a yeah, professor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just yes. when you're, you're yes, yes. <laughs> but yeah, you gotta think like that. The Plymouth stuff is you gotta be like that's almost like col- like colonizing the moon or Mars or something like that. It's such a foreign thing. Uh, to think oh, about yeah. all these hundreds of years later. Like, what the hell was that you know, like? And then on the flip side, the people were there to see, like, these boats just floating over. And then, like, I think sometimes, up, you know? Like, I think sometimes, we, well, because I think sometimes, especially now in today's, like, sort of super, like, social justice times, uh, you get sort of caught up in the narrative of everything. Like, is yep. this a good, is this good or bad? Like, oh, the pilgrims good or bad? I think you have to sort of think of it as nebulous. Like, these were people who were in a boat going yep. somewhere they weren't totally sure they were going to land. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. If you think about it just from the they story yeah, of, the, like, the what wild time to be alive. Message and delivery like, is always, like, that key thing, Like, right? think like, about the idea of you, Justin Parkinson, be, being I would, cast out of Utica. I would I would captain the boat. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I know. But, like, I would just think about the, the kind of world we lived in where, that, yeah. where, where the mayor could come over to you, Parkinson, and say, you need to leave Utica and never come back, and you'd be like, all right, I have nothing to do. I've been cast out from you to come. It'd have to be terms leave. like Napoleon, but I get your point. I would yeah, like my mean, own island and maybe some sort of lordship like, when I get there. That'd I be like, fine. I, I like go, Mayor Paul Mary, but he comes to my house and tells me to leave. I'm not going long. What are the terms? Yeah, come get me. Yeah. Come take me out. <laughs> yeah, See what happens. Uh, again, I like I'm just saying, it's an odd thing to think about well, that as a time to In exist. a roundabout way, we started this whole thing off about being sick, mm. and that's within I'm a two-week process of, like, you know, going into an environment which, you know what I mean? Like, so even thinking in those terms, that's crazy what happened to people even when they first met, too. You just got to think on a germ level. Like, that just had to be a disaster. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, people just dropped. But. Uh, all right. You ready for the next one? Sure. December, December 20th. On this day, 1957, Elvis Presley was drafted into the United States Army. Uh, again, another th- time. I can't imagine what kind of fervor it would be today if like Dude, some pops, if there like, was Twitter. Like, yeah, I know, right? Like, if there, <laughs> what happened if there was Twitter when Elvis got drafted into the army? It yeah. would, it would explode. They would have to throttle it. Uh, he was actually widely praised at the time for not seeking to avoid the draft or serve domestically, which is funny because I feel like today you'd be praised for 
like it, no, I refuse to go right because it's a different yeah, climate. Yeah, that's now. actually true. You know I mean, yeah, yeah, it just it's just it shows you where like the shift in our morals like seems to have gone since nineteen fifty seven. Yeah. I'm not making a stance one or the other. I'm just saying it's interesting that I can see this in today's era we being have sort far of far more support right? maybe for not yeah. wanting to go versus. He was seen as a model for all young Americans after he got his polo shot. Uh, check this out. After he got his polio shot from an army doctor on national TV, vaccine rates among American population shot from two percent to eighty five percent by the. <laughs> time of his discharge that's the kind of like pull that yep. elvis presley had in 1957 uh there's a list of a couple of his gold records how many elvis records can you name off the top of your head oh right? jesus the names of them not, no, this is a song, not the record yeah. the songs what are the uh, hits uh jeez i mean you know i love me tender you know yeah, that one yep yep heartbreak hotel heartbreak, um blue suede shoes my sister's a huge Elvis fan. Ridiculous Elvis fan. It's just funny, one of those my... things you always buy her as like you're looking <laughs> for a go-to gift. She just collects it. Let me ask you this question: What kind of music did Elvis play? Oh, yeah. It's like it's. Uh, what's your What's the easy answer? What kind of music does Elvis play? It's not southern rock because it's that's not, not country fair. music, right? Yeah, but it's not. It's not rock really. and roll, but it's like a deep south rock and roll. It's like so, it's almost like early southern rock and roll. It's, it's yeah. hard to describe. It's not. I don't. My grandfather listened to country music, and he didn't really like Elvis, right? Like he listened right. to like Conway Twitty right. and Hank Williams and like country music. And as a kid growing up, like Elvis was in the country section at the record store, right? At least for was me. He? Sometimes I felt yeah. like it. Was. I felt like it was. Uh, and I guess it wasn't until I was like later on that I was like, oh, this isn't really country music. It's sort of like almost like light R and B, almost to a certain. Uh, it's hard to describe. How big of a deal is that to one have a draft, but to be a guy like Elvis getting drafted? You know what I mean? Like, oh, what yeah. a world that's it that we Justin would live Bieber in just... would never get drafted, and he would uh, nobody ju- would ever go. Not no, a single no, celebrity, no. not a single one. And I'm not again. I most go, casual I, everyday I, men wouldn't I go. Wouldn't so, go yeah, this one I just pulled up because I this song resonated a lot with me. On this day, December 18th, 1961, the Tokens earned a number one hit with their song The Lion Sleeps Tonight. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That was when I was a little kid, I must have listened to that song a billion times. One of my favorite like first songs growing up. Is that the Wema Web thing? Yeah, Wema Web, yeah. So you want to hear a good story about that? Yeah, please go ahead. Um when I was at Herkimer, there was these, uh, they're slam poets, right? Like the, <coughs> excuse me, I'm so sick. See, we're dying out here. You know slam poetry, right? Like that, mm. that, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah, you know. So, it's like poems, yeah. but with rhyme. Super intense. And you talk with some vibe. Yes. You could be good at it. This guy, uh, you I was could be top really head, good so. at it. Yeah, yeah, and it's ahead, very deep stuff. <laughs> um... But this, the guy who was part of this collective, you know, I got to know him, his name was Sean, um, he went on later, he had some interest in film and made like this little 15 minute doc thing about the guy who sang Oemawep, who like came up with the song, and it's like, he's like much older, but uh, it's a little profile piece or whatever, and it's really, really good, so if that's one of your key yeah. songs, you should look <laughs> up this video made by this guy who did spoken word that I met in Herkimer all this time later that we're talking about today. How, how strange is that? So this song had kind of a weird history. Yeah, um, I just told you. You can watch it in film. Uh, well, again, what I'm saying is like, uh, well, yeah, it's fine. It's crazy. Well, either way, go watch it in film if you want. <laughs> uh, do you know what? It Actually, it's supposed to be Mbiwi. A we M-B-U-M-B, which is Zulu for the lion. That's where the whole thing comes from. Huh. 
MB Wimway. Again, I'm like probably doing that incorrectly. in that film too, and I yeah. probably couldn't tell you anything. From uh, when there. the guy found it, Pete Seeger, the folk singer, yep, uh, he transcribed the central chant as Wimway. That's how he could sort of say it, uh, and it was actually released as the name of the song in 1952. This was actually released like nine years earlier. It wasn't until 1961 that it was released again by the tokens. So that, here's the thing. The yeah. guy from the 51, then, is what this movie's about. Yeah. So that's what the little 15-minute doc is about, yeah. is that guy, and they, like, connect yeah. with the ones who made it a hit. It's pretty good. Yeah. So there you go. 1961, the tokens. I Again, I must have listened to this song 10,000 times when I was a kid. Like, I had it on... I'm tweeting out the link to that video. Do it. I like it. Maidenutica.com. Twitter. All that stuff. <laughs> uh, December 19th, 1998. President Clinton is impeached after nearly 14 hours of debate. Second president in American history to be impeached, uh, voted to finish his term. Uh, he became, <laughs> In November 1995, Clinton began an affair with Monica Lewinsky, 21-year-old unpaid intern. Over the course of a year and a half, President Lewinsky had nearly a dozen sexual encounters in the White House. Uh, April 96, transfer to the Pentagon, blah, 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 blah. Becomes a huge scandal. It was like the first time we ever heard politics talk about sex with yeah. kids. Yeah. It was a. Do you remember anything about like that besides it being in the news? I remember very I do. little. I was in uh, eighth grade, I want to say, and mm-hmm. I want to say the impeachment. What year is that? Like Columbine wasn't much later than that. Yeah. And I kind of feel like that got him off the hook a little bit, and I don't mean that in a bad way because well, the news um, cycle, yeah, changed. Yeah, like Columbine was such a drastic like. T- oh, maybe it was before. I don't want to quote that. Don't but, quote like, it. I don't know. I don't know when the time is right there, now. there was there was a distraction in the news that I remember as a kid being focused more on Columbine than what actually happened with Bill Clinton in terms of when I was in school. See, if that makes any sense. All I remember really from this, like as a kid growing up, so 1998. I'm thinking I'm probably 12. Just so, no, I'm about to be. 13. Mm-hmm. I'm just about to, Oh, I probably was really into the, the Star Report. It was scandalous. There was like... It's like, oh my God. The dress. Yeah. Remember the dress? Yeah. Oh my God. Also, you ever... Uh, I don't even know what Monica Lewinsky does these days. I kind of feel bad for Monica in hindsight. Like, she's probably still out there doing she her thing. But like, in the country. She, she probably lives in New York City somewhere and just No, I think her. she's like an advocate. I looked it up like, yeah. afterwards. I was sort of fascinated. Yeah. I feel like she sort of got the biggest, like, the you know, she got the shaft the most on this pun not intended. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but, like, she like she's the one whose narrative never really swung back around. Like, everyone else sort of got, like, a an upswing. Well, Hillary fell back down afterwards. Again. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's weird because I was, it's, I was just looking up uh, the impeachment of Jackson, right? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> just because I never really understood it. Um, like, what happened with it and what the narrative was of that. So it's just kind of funny that you brought it up because obviously that article dot, dot, dotted into, you know, first yeah. license Clinton or whatever, and it got me onto that too. So it's funny you brought it up. I learned more about that just yesterday, randomly reading about the other impeachment than... One of my big concerns about having you on this show is always I'm concerned to bring up topics with you sometimes. Why? I never know where we're going to go with it. Oh, that's uh, good. What are your thoughts about the CDC thing? Have you read anything about the seven banned words? Yeah. Uh, uh, for everyone, just let me get a quick preamble here before we dig in. Uh, Trump administration earlier this week has reportedly banned the Center for uh, Disease Control and Prevention from using the phrases evidence-based and science-based in official documents for the upcoming year. This list also banned the use of the words vulnerable, entitlement, diversity, transgender, and fetus. <laughs> Uh, those ones, they kind of snuck by actually afterwards. Uh, this has been getting a lot of press all over the place. I don't want to dig too heavy into this. 
the general consensus is that banning words is very bleak and dystopian. Yeah. <laughs> it feels very uncomfortable. You just, just start burning books, right? Like, yeah, right? Like, step, like feels, should we just do that? feels a little bit one step away. My, my take is just like, I want the government to not tell me what to do in anything. So I don't care if it That's means what point. words I use. I don't care if it means what type of things I do with my own health. I don't care. You know, and each topic is different. I understand it. The end of the day for me has always been what my narrative is. I don't want any government interference. So like even for good or for bad, I stay pretty neutral to the fact that like, please, I don't ask for it. Leave me alone. Don't yeah. take all my money. Like I don't want anything <laughs> from you. This can be like we a coexisting relationship. We don't have to be partners. You know what I mean? Like, is that fair? No, it's fair. And I think that I think that's probably where it gets after a while. Sometimes you start to get so like, oh, God, I just want... Because it does seem broken sometimes. Yep. Even as a guy who, you know, you bust my chops for being a liberal Democrat. <laughs> yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. I vote with what I believe in. I just happen to agree more often than not with what the Democrats have to say than then the Republicans or the Libertarians or whatever. It, just, it is what it is, yep. right? Uh, you know, I, I, I sort of miss the time when we could have polite political discourse right i do i miss but well, then again when we we're having polite political discourse was i reading the news as much probably not right probably wasn't as a hyper aware of what was happening all the time well and i think it's also okay to accept that like you don't have to be attached to one ideal or the other in terms of like a or b what we lose sight on is a lot of the the bipartisan stuff and that's mm-hmm. obviously very cliche but like is it that ridiculous that we can't just like some of stuff on both sides or have more than just even two options like some of these yeah. things yeah. that would make life a lot easier just don't exist and I think it creates a more toxic environment because they don't so yeah. alright let's move on from politics and let's move into something also very kind of dark uh, Disney announced on Thursday it would acquire most of the entertainment assets of 21st Century Fox for about 60 billion dollars in stock and debt in what is to be the largest ever merger of two show business companies uh, it's pretty crazy that there's only like six big major studios, or there only were like six big major studios yeah. anyway. I think it's weird. Did Fox, was Fox like in a ton of debt? Like I don't understand. I don't. It. I don't. I think they're like over diversified. Like with say studio project work, television shows, sporting yeah. games, like that news things. Like they probably have just too many assets to like run them all effectively at this point just because it's a very wide competition band right like the easiest way to survive is just to buy up all your competition so you don't have any you know it ties back into the net neutrality thing we talked about a little bit earlier in terms of like um you have i think people bought it was like espn right think about espn Mm -hmm. espn was on the up they thought that it was always going to be on the up so they started buying up tv rights and licenses and spending money and buying all these like rights to sports and all these things and then people moved away from television and they didn't and no one and I don't know if, not that no one anticipated it but no one at ESPN or in these right. companies were really adequately prepared yeah. to handle salaries this salaries and roles didn't reflect the changes right so yeah. like you needed to maybe yeah. do two jobs at ESPN yeah. now and only get paid no. for half of one you know? now ESPN's one specific example yeah. of this but what's to say that every one of these like TV networks didn't think that the great TV boom wasn't yeah. going to live forever they were buying who up all sorts owns, of rights and properties who and, owns ESPN uh, well, that well now Disney, Disney yeah, yeah now they Disney have, they and they and yeah. they have, you know, it's via that ABC way. Like, yeah, I mean, it's always crazy. Like when Trump tweets out like fake news things, mm-hmm. and it guides like it's guised around mm-hmm. some nonsense fact. But like, just do be alert that sometimes that a lot of people control messages in your markets. Oh, yeah. Like, don't make it a conspiracy. Just be aware that sometimes you know. A company owns 50% of what's being broadcast out. It's just something to think about. That's all. Um, 
just a couple quick run-throughs here. Uh, so this is what they will own. Uh, they will receive 20th Century Fox Film Studios, uh, Fox's television production company, worldwide hits like The Simpsons, Modern Family, Homeland, uh, FX, National Geographic. Is, Simpsons are going to Disney? Yeah. Are you kidding? Yes Network, uh, which broadcasts the Yankee games. They also acquire a majority stake in the TV producer Hulu, uh, TV route Hulu. Uh, they also already own... Star Wars, Marvel, Pixar, ABC, ESPN, and of course the most popular amusement parks in all of the world. So you know what I'm getting out of this. The only thing I'm pissed about, if somehow the Yes Network benefits off this with a cash share plus, and the Dude, Yankees the yes get Network. a bunch of money for it, I'm gonna just riot. I don't care about the other acquirements, but if the Yes Network <laughs> gives the Yankees a bunch of money and they just start spending it <laughs> vicariously, I'm done. Net neutrality, whatever uh, I gotta blame for it is. The Yankees' fault. All right, this has been a particularly bleak episode, I feel like, with all this downer news. And I tried not to, but I'm sick and no one's here. And I appreciate you coming in and uh, hanging with me because yeah. uh, this would have been a rough day otherwise. So thanks, man. No problem. So with that, I will leave you with one special story that I found for you today. It's a, it's a special today I learned, okay? Okay. Today, And it's Christmas-themed, and it's just for you. Today, I learned that when a Charlie Brown Christmas was screened for CBS executives, they told the creators, quote, we'll play it once and that will be all. Good try. Unquote. A drunk animator stood up in the back of the room and shouted, it's going to run for a hundred years. It has recently been shown for its 52nd year in a row. <laughs> it will make a hundred. <laughs> I'm actually, is it bad to say that I, I only know bits and pieces? I've never probably sat through and watched the entire thing. I know it through like memes and images and like sort of what it's about it's one of those like uh there's so many of them as well like charlie brown just holiday theme stuff is pretty pretty legendary you know what i mean like obviously christmas is always a big one but like mm. y you're always in for a classic so i don't that one in particular is going to run forever but all peanut stuff as long as cbs or there's tv i'm sure that these specials are going to air on all holidays probably until the end of time Oh, yeah, dude. I, I think... That was funny because I was talking to my, my kids in my class today because, you know, at the end of the week, we're... On the, look, I'm not breaking any news here. On the days before vacations at middle schools, no one does any work. <laughs> None of the teachers give the kids any work because they don't want to grade that over the vacation. None of the kids want to do any work because they just want to go home and play video games or do whatever, yeah. Snapchat. And none of the te and all the teachers just want to go to, like, happy hour. So there's, <laughs> like, there's, like, a weird, like, comedy. Like, no one really wants to do anything. So I, I was sort of, like... Wonderful public school system. Look, that's, not, that's every school, my friend. <laughs> uh, so, like, you know, I was sort of like, I was sort of like checking the kids. I was like, what do you, what do you guys want to watch for like a holiday movie, right? And they, they don't want to watch holiday. They're just like, yo, we want to watch YouTube. I'm like, that's not a holiday movie. I'm like, you can. Yeah. I'm like, I'm bringing you Elf. You're getting Elf, and that's what you're getting. I don't know because all my not all my kids celebrate Christmas. Is the other thing. It's like, what are they? Are they gonna get any of this? Right? Yeah. What know. are you even allowed to show in the public schools? You're crossing a whole different line there. Uh, I can show them. <laughs> you're on on. I can show them. You know, what I can show them. Planet Earth. <laughs> Planet Earth. <laughs> I show them Planet Earth sometimes. I'll bleep out all the words. Uh, the Twilight. So, yeah. All the animals. All the mating scenes. You have to bleep out. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Twilight Zone sometimes, if I know which episode it's going to be. Because then I can pretend that it's an English lesson. That's I can tell. Good. Hey, tell me. It's like, too oh, bad is... Black Mirror's too heavy. That'd be great stuff to start showing these kids. Uh, mm, listen, the, Black Mirror is great. Uh, the kids are already seeing darker. You ever been on, like, the dredges of YouTube where these kids go? It's terrible. It's a disgusting, horrible place. <laughs> horrible, horrible, horrible. YouTube is, like, the... the I don't... I, dude, I'm... I don't want to go on a grandstand. I went on like a tangent. Like one of the, I was like, I don't understand how a YouTube celebrity is a real celebrity. I don't get it. I understand like that they have so many views and all that, but it's like, at what cost? 
When we were talking even earlier again, to bringing everything back, dude. Oh, that's man. like one of those things too. It's the wild, wild west right now. We'll be looking back years uh, later and be wondering why we just loved all this YouTube stuff. It's wacky, <laughs> wacky stuff. I am not a grandpa. When the speeds were full and the internet wasn't throttled. I may be wearing a cardigan, but I am not a grandpa. <laughs> Uh, folks, uh, you can follow Heather and Kevin and Twitter at HeatherWaz1 underscore Kevin Sullivan. Uh, they'll be back next week when I'm not viciously sick. Uh, it could be worse. It was two weeks for me, just to give you a heads up. I know. It's okay. I'll be all right. Uh, follow the man, the myth, the legend, Justin Parkinson, Maiden Utica on Twitter, MaidenUtica.com. Uh, follow the show, Uticast.com, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud. Uh, what's the other one I'm forgetting? There's always another one. MadeinUtica.com, Uticast.com. I feel like I'm forgetting. It's not going to matter. One of the You're never going to be able to access them anyway, so whatever. That's true. (laughs) I have to pay a different price Get it all you can before the prices change. Sign our humanoids. Keep it tight. Woodstock lives. We will see you next week for some sort of Christmas episode. Ho, ho, ho. (laughs) 